This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Bushwood Breakaway is brought to you by. Actually, uh, usually here I'd read some sort of weird ad or make some stuff up or I'd talk about our t-shirt designers, but that's not today. Uh, today's actually a little more serious, so if you're trying to hit the skip button right now, don't do it. I have to talk to you for two minutes. We actually have Greg here. Greg. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm not doing anything, but I'm here. Yeah, Greg's not going to do anything for this part, but Greg is actually here. Uh, we have a small podcast, you may have realized. We're going to try and do something interesting and fun and, uh, maybe helpful. This weekend, we're going to run a fundraiser for Puerto Rico. Uh, the reason I say that is because I have a very close friend. He's actually my roommate, Luis. He'll be on. He's actually on here now. Luis, say hello. Hola. Hola. Yeah. Okay. That was good. Spanish. Very good. Oh. Uh, proving his, I like it. Proving he's Puerto Rican right off the bat. And uh, I feel very close to the island of Puerto Rico and the way that things have been handled there has not been optimal. So I figured we have some sort of platform. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start a either GoFundMe or a donation link. Um, that'll be on our Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. This Saturday from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. the next day, I will be doing a Twitch stream. Uh, for 24 hours, supporting and all the fundraising uh, we get on there will be donated to the Hispanic uh, Foundation, which is a lot of a lot of different celebrities are donating to there uh, for the uh, cause in Puerto Rico. But I kind of brought Luis on real quick to talk about what's happening back home and uh, and and how things are going in Puerto Rico. Okay, so uh, yeah, things are great right now as you've heard hurricane maria hit real hard uh 16 people are dead there's gonna be more once they start searching like really thoroughly only five percent of people have electricity right now almost half of half the uh population has running water um so uh, to correct you real quick it's the hispanic federation it's the foundation oh, okay. that Thank we're you. considering Very yeah good. I, I, i'll um, start for me <laughs> and uh yeah like basically Puerto Rico, you know, earlier this year gave the world Despacito, and now they're asking you to give them something back. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're taking a cue from the president. We're not going to depend solely on federal assistance. This is a community thing, and we, we want to help. My family's over there, and I can I can attest to send them a tiny generator, a 3,000-watt generator. The shipping was upwards of $400. It's insane. So people need money. People need help, and uh, what you're doing is great. Well, gonna you, help a lot. you guys uh, are out of power for like six months, right? Yeah, Hurricane Irma hit first. Half the island had power. By the time that Hurricane Maria got there, it led to 100% of power outages. Now they're at 5% of the island has power. It's uh, crazy. That's real good. Well, hopefully Tesla it, gets there sooner than later, huh? It's been 11 days, so we'll see. So can you imagine 11 days without power? Like, I, yes, I'm actually. not even saying that to be funny. Like, just try to imagine 11 days without power. We kind of did can't that in, in Sandy. Uh, but we assumed... I wasn't even here for Sandy. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine any of this. I didn't have power for, I think, 36 hours when Matthew hit last year in Savannah. And I thought that was going to be it. I didn't know what to do. So usually here, uh, you know, we'd say our, our podcast is supported by our Patreon listeners and stuff like that. But this week, we're actually going to do a fundraiser over the weekend. We'll have a link on our Twitter uh, for you where you could donate if you feel, uh, you know, and I'm not asking you what, whatever you could donate, whatever is in your means, a dollar, 50 cents, 
Uh, we'll be donating all to 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 a good cause here, and uh, I'll be tw- I'll be streaming on Twitch, Twitch.com, Twitch.com, Jesus, Twitch.tv, TV, uh, slash O Ryan Mead, O H Ryan Mead, this weekend, 6 a.m. on Saturday till 6 p.m. 6 a.m. the next day, 24 hour stream. Everything we make, uh, will be going towards the uh, the Hispanic Fe- uh, Federation Foundation. There you so go. I nailed that one. Uh, and if we hit cer- we hit certain benchmarks, I am actually in a wedding that day. But if we hit certain benchmarks, you're getting FaceTime drunk Greg from various points of this wedding. I will. Uh, so if, if uh, that's not reason, to, <laughs> you should donate anyway to Puerto Rico because, as Luis said, they need as much help as we can, and that's why we're doing it. But if you also want to see just drunk Greg, <laughs> it's a twofer. It's a twofer. It's a twofer. Yeah. It's a twofer. Yeah. So we have uh, we have some people that have already agreed to help us out. My friend Joe, who's been on the podcast, said he would uh, retweet us and host us on Twitch. My friend Angel, who's done the Game of Thrones podcast, he has a lot of uh, of sway in the Twitch community a little bit, so he's going to host us also. Uh, he's also a New Yorkian, so we'll uh, well hopefully he'll help out, and hopefully we can make a difference, guys. I know like we talked politics last week, and that was kind of weird for us. And this week we're trying to like actually make a difference in the world, but we have this very small platform and this very tiny podcast and our little niche community, and whatever we can do to help, I kind of want to do that. Greg, any other thoughts? Uh, nope, I do not. All right, uh, Luis, any 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 last words you want to save uh, of the for the people? Ah, oh, thank thanks everybody, and uh, start the show. All right, uh, let's get going. Five, four, three, two. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. Hey, it's the season Slow opener. Down. All Slow right. down. Slow down. Jeez. Slow down. Be Ooh, humble. Relax. Sit down. What are you in a hurry for? Be humble. Big show today. I'm pretty excited. Not that we haven't recorded all of it already. Um, we, uh, hey, we haven't. We haven't. That's true. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. We have a big show. We have uh, four guests in total. First, we have Brandon Cohen of Blue Eyed Station to talk about uh, AV's roster management. Then we have Sean Tierney to talk about uh, his optimal lines. And then we bring on uh, Blue Shirt Breakaway staff. I can't say that now, right? Blue Shirt Breakaway staff. James Clark uh, and, yeah. and, and Drew Way to uh, kind of discuss uh, Chris Kreider and, and, and Heedle and pretty much the entire Ranger season. Greg, the season starts on Thursday. Are you excited? Kind of, because uh, I might actually be able to watch the game since I won't be working. Yeah, it'll be uh, pretty fun. I am thrilled hockey is back. I'm pumped to get this podcast going and all that. Uh, I know we kind of did the opening about Puerto Rico. Again, we, I will be streaming on Twitch, uh, hopefully 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. on this Saturday and Sunday uh, to donate to uh, to help the to help fund Puerto Rico. We talk about that later in the podcast also. And, uh, and yeah, thanks so much for supporting us, guys, and, uh, and everything you do for us. We really appreciate it. If you feel extra generous, you can go to our Patreon. That's our, my only plug for today. Uh, Greg, is there anything else we want to break before we get into these interviews, my friend? Um, look, we talk a lot about the Rangers, almost exclusively about the Rangers. In fact, they're exclusively about the Rangers. We don't even do nonsense today. There are times when, uh, people say, Hey, can you stick to sports? Can you stick to the Rangers? I I like your nonsense once in a while, but you guys don't talk enough Rangers. Today's your day. We do all Rangers all the time, this entire podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, we'll be back next week. And guess what? We'll have hockey to talk about real hockey. If you need a non, if you need a non Ranger kick from us, yeah, we just did a we bill. have a baseball pro, uh, playoff preview podcast just waiting for you to listen. To. We just released it yesterday, and it's actually pretty fun. That was a good one. I had a good time doing that. And uh, we Thank have you. another podcast possibly coming this week or next week. Me and Vinny, and maybe you are going to be doing a Homeward Bound podcast. We review the the movie Homeward Bound. <laughs> Fantastic movie, American classic. Uh, Shadows and OG. That's all I'll say. 
Uh, yeah, so, I, I still know how to feel when you tell me that you think I, I am Shadow. I, like, well, I, you asked, like, like who I, would I be... Hey, this is a weird question. Like, you asked between me, you, and Vinny who would be which animal, and I had to put myself as the cat despite not liking cats that much. I just think you're the, you're the old wise man. That's really what you are. I, yeah, I just I, ne- I still don't know how to take that. That's a, it's, a, it's not a compliment, nor is it a, a slight at you. It's just who you are. <laughs> sure. sure 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 i have nothing i have nothing to say beyond that sure since i know my friend our friend pat is uh, is listening hey pat have fun at your wedding with every one of my friends except me uh hey pat thanks for letting me know that i owe money to a bookie that i thought i didn't owe money to that was great <laughs> hey was pat wonderful thanks so much for everything buddy really appreciate it. happy wedding man um and i want to give a shout out to all our patron subscribers who are still around with us who help support us in our website launches on wednesday we talk about that later too um all right greg let's move over to brendan cohen how about that Sure. The Ranger of uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway opening season starts now. Here we go to Brandon Cohen. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day, Brandon Cohen, uh, managing editor of Blue Line Station. Did I remember that correctly, Brandon? Yes. Nailed okay. it. Nailed it. It's great to have you back. You are a multiple-time guest of the Blue Shirts Breakaway now. Uh, and today is our, as you have heard, our season preview mega show. So we'll be asking a bunch of different people a bunch of different questions. But, Brandon, we've started with you. Uh, because we like to talk about our dear friend, uh, Alain Villon. And the reason we brought you on yeah. was to kind of talk about roster decisions uh, going into the season. So I, I guess uh, what I'd like to ask first is, what's up with our defense? And, you know, what are the roster decisions going to be? Why is Pionk being sent down? Uh, it seems like a numbers game at this point. Uh, for some absurd reason, they decided that Stephen Kampfer can't be waived. Like, they think that Stephen Kampfer who is a career journeyman, isn't someone that other teams would want to claim and that the Rangers should want not claimed by other teams, which is just absurd to me. But even if Pionk was on the roster instead of Kampfer, he would be the eighth defenseman because Mark Stahl is an albatross who cannot be bought out at this point. And Nick Holden, it makes logical sense they're trying to trade him right now, but until he's officially off the roster, they're not just going to waive him because they traded the fourth-round pick from last year. So there's no room for Pionk because they have two defensemen who are terrible who take up roster spots. I just I, – I've been having a hard time understanding. When the roster decisions first came down, it did seem like logic said the Rangers were trying to make a trade as opposed to exposing a player they didn't want to expose. And I kind of agree with you on the Camper thing. Not wanting to expose him is – a discussion to be had all by itself, but is there, I, I mean, I guess there's a non-zero chance that it happens, but why would the Rangers want to start the season with eight defensemen? My only understanding of that situation is Stahl can't go anywhere because of the buyout situation. They're not going to buy him out. He's not, I mean, David Clarkson was traded, so anyone could be traded, but trading Stahl right now is incredibly difficult if he even wants to be traded. Then you have Holden, who I think they're trying to trade Holden. That just makes the most sense, that they need a extra winger center. They don't need Holden at all. He's going to start the season as a healthy scratch almost definitely. But for now, he's on the Rangers. So for now, he's on the roster. He's the seventh defenseman. And then it seems like they believe Stephen Kampfer should not be waived because he'll be picked up by another team. And that's where things get weird because there's absolutely no reason to worry about Kampfer being claimed because Pionk is better than Kampfer. Ryan Graves is better than Kampfer. You can get any free, like any AHL defenseman 
is Stephen Camper. So that's the weird one where Elaine Vigneault sees something in him that I don't think anyone else sees in him. So he and does. isn't the Rangers isn't the Rangers logic a little flawed? If they're having a hard time trading Nick Holden, I think I don't speak highly of Nick Holden often, but I think I can admit that he's better than Steve Camper. And if you're having a hard time moving Holden, why would someone then burn a roster spot on Camper? I think the only logic would be that Camper can be straight up claimed, and I'm assuming the Rangers are asking for at least a fourth round pick back for Holden so that they can at least get back what they gave up for him. But even then, it's it's Stephen Camper. Like the guy is probably in his thirties now. He's a journeyman. Florida didn't want him last year, and that's the Florida Panthers, who are a complete mess right now. There's no need for him. They there's absolutely no spot for him on this roster. But Elaine Vigneault sees something in him, so he's here to sit in the press box, I suppose. The old AV glasses. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's uh, wouldn't and now this is this might be a hot take. Wouldn't you rather play Holden than Stahl? Personally, yes, absolutely. Uh, Holden, if you put him on the third pair and you shelter him, he's not good, but he's not horrible. He's not he's not Dan Girardi. He's not Mark Stahl. He's a fine third pair defenseman that you can get away with. The Penguins won last year with a ro- rotating like random AHL defenseman and Ron Hainsey as their defense. So yeah, yeah I know. Like, <laughs> you can get away with Nick upsetting. Holden as your sixth defenseman, and it won't be a problem at all. Mark Stahl, at this point, he doesn't belong on the Rangers' active roster. He doesn't belong on 99% of the NHL's active rosters. I could see him working in a different system that's very slow and very deliberate in how they play as the sixth defenseman. But the Rangers play fast, and he plays very, very slow. So... He has no business being on the roster right now. Is it an unfair ask what the Rangers are going to be asking Anthony D'Angelo to do as a defensive pairing partner for Mark Stahl? Yes, absolutely. One of the articles I just assigned actually is pretty much saying, regardless of your feelings of Anthony D'Angelo as a person, as a player, you have to be patient with him because right now he's plugged in to play with either Mark Stahl or Nick Holden every night. That might change as the season goes on because I don't trust Elaine Vigneault to keep McDonough and Shattenkirk together, and then you're going to be shuffling everyone around. But as of this second, D'Angelo's with Stahl or Holden. It's most likely going to be Stahl, and Stahl is – you're essentially playing two defensive positions at once. So what I'm looking for D'Angelo is do his own job, help on the power play, and show that you, he has defensive ability – because Corey Proudman, who's a genius uh, prospect guy, um, one of the earlier things he said right after the trade was that he thinks D'Angelo is the type of defenseman who looks more like a forward. And it's like Nick Holden? <laughs> kind of, <laughs> but D'Angelo is really great on the power play, and he really has offensive abilities, but the Rangers are going to need some defense out of that third pair, and Mark Stahl... You call him a defensive defenseman because he has no offense, but he's really just not a defenseman because he has no defense either. So then you have all the, they're all relying on D'Angelo to play defense, and he's terrible at defense. So that third pair, I just want to see D'Angelo help the power play. 
until someone better is his partner. It's pretty much all you can ask of him. That's fair. The roster decisions in the forwards, I don't think, are nearly as head scratching. Um, I, I, your takes on Paul Carey may be a little different than mine. The one I don't understand is why is Andrew Desjardins still here? Yeah, uh, Carey, I, I, he's 29 years old now. He's an AHL career player. It's not great, but it's fine. He'll go away pretty soon, I'm sure. And if he doesn't go away, it's because he's playing fine. It happens. I'm not really worried about him. Desjardins is terrible. He's on the roster most likely because Elaine Vigneault and company think there should be grit on the roster. And we saw what happened last time when the Rangers decided there needed to be grit on the roster. Who is that? How you end up with uh, <laughs> our old friend Tanner Glass. Oh, okay. Tanner Glass. Uh, so it seems like that whole situation done all over again. But Desjardins is at least a little better than Glass, but it's really not by much. Um, he's, he's played three minutes of preseason hockey, and the Rangers apparently saw something they loved in those three minutes. You know, I think it honestly might be the case of they didn't see enough. He kind of fought his way into a roster spot by not giving them the opportunity to see who he is, which is mind-bending in a sense. But if he doesn't play, they can't evaluate him. So it's like they are carrying him so that they could see more of how he plays, which is just this weird, I don't even know how that works, but it seems like it's why they're carrying him at this point, because they don't know enough about, they didn't give, they didn't get enough of a chance to look at him because he was always in the penalty box. But that's going to be what happens in the regular season too, because that's just who he is as a player. Sounds like he's not long for this team, but he'll also stay on the team for most of the year. That's the, that's my feeling on him so far. Yeah, what I'm hopeful for is something's got to give with the roster because they can carry all these players, but they're going to have about 400000 in salary cap space. And you don't want to start the season with that. So someone will likely go before the season or right after the season starts, and I would guess it would be Cam for Desjardins, just logically speaking. It could be Carey, but it seems like Carey, they want to start on the fourth line. So my hope is it's Desjardins, because while I think Camfer is a problem, Desjardins is the type of guy who can just ruin your whole rolling four lines. He can ruin the game for you. He can get in a fight and uh, instigate a penalty, and then suddenly you're a man down for five minutes. I've seen that happen plenty of times before. So I just want him off the roster, because it's not going to work out. This is Tanner Glass all over again if he's on the roster all year. Ugh. If you, if you had two roster moves you could make, not including salary cap and not including the fact that Mark Stahl has to be here because of his contract, are there two guys that you thought were sent down that should have been on this opening night roster? I guess Pionk would be one. Well, yeah, I would put Pionk on the roster because I think he deserves it, but that's a less realistic one. I think a perfectly realistic swap is you take out Carey, you take out Desjardins, you put up Nieves, who should, in my opinion, be the fourth-line left-winger right now. I think he's ready for the NHL. And at the very least, give him a little taste, and then Fosk comes back up and you can swap the two. I'm not as big on Vinny Lettieri as everyone else is, but he played well enough in preseason to at least get a little tryout in the NHL for now. Or you can just not call anyone up and leave Carey and bring up Nieves and send down both of them. Desjardins, he just dropped from the roster completely. Carey is 
perfect for the first line role in Hartford. But if you need him to start the year in the NHL, it's fine. I would just prefer to have Nieves on the fourth line wing spot. The other benefit to that is you want to see if Nieves can play in the NHL right now because when Foss comes back, it'll be around the time Heedle will have played eight or nine games. When he reaches that nine-game spot, you have to keep him based on, well, you burn the contract uh, the first year. So giving Nieves the tryout on the fourth line gives you the opportunity to figure out, could you put him as the fourth line center when Fosk returns? Move Dejar, uh, Dejarnay, that's going to get confusing if they keep both Oh, oh yeah, I know. It's going to be <laughs> put bad. Dej- <laughs> put Dejarnay as the third line center and then send Heedle back to the Czech Republic or somewhere else, but they don't seem to want to do that. So for now, it looks like Harry or Desjardins are here to stay. Something about Heedle. I, I, I know it's going to be a storyline among very smart people who know very smart things about the, the nine game mark. I, I just get a vibe. I think AV wants him here the whole year. I don't really see a clear scenario unless he, unless his play craters from what we saw in the preseason. He, it just seems like he's going to, he's be, he's going to be here all year. The popular opinion I've seen is that he's here for nine games. My personal opinion is he's here for the year, unless pretty much exactly what you said. See, I'm on the nine game train like pretty hard. I I, I, just, I want to protect my assets like that. I get it, and I think logically speaking, I personally think they should be trading for a center. I don't think the third line center is on the roster right now. I don't think he's in the AHL. I don't think he exists in the Rangers organization. But for now, they don't have that player. Holden for a center makes the most sense, but I don't know what they're doing there. Still seems like it could be a play, but let's say they don't trade for anyone. Now you're looking at what I was just talking about. Nieves would be the perfect fit for fourth line center, and you move Desjardins up to third line center. But Nieves isn't on the roster, so are they going to promote Nieves, get rid of Hedl back to the Czech Republic when Foster turns, and guess that Nieves is ready? Because that's the same guess as Hedl being ready right now. So that's where I'm starting to think that they want him there longer term because what would have made sense is giving Yeva some time to get ready for a bigger role when Heedle leaves and Foss comes back. Now, I think Heedle, it's tough. He's been 18 for like two weeks. It's tough to really think he's ready for the NHL, but he should be given every opportunity to show that because it helps the team a lot if he's ready because Desjardins is a perfect fourth-line center. When you put him in a third-line center role, he can do it. It's fine. But then your fourth-line center is going to get worse. And your overall depth is going to get worse. And it just is a trickle-down effect where you don't want to see that. So if Heedle's ready, which is a big, big if, if he's ready, that helps the team a whole lot. And just the whole roster, has a, it just gets better across the board. So I'm hopeful he stays. I think they want him to stay, but I think they're going to be very cautious especially considering, again, this is Elaine Vigneault, who is overly cautious, if anything. I think that's pretty much wrapped. I, I don't want to get too much into Heedle with you because we're going to talk about Heedle for a while later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that'll be another another segment of our uh, our podcast today. But do you have any bold predictions you'd like to make for the season or even like just a regular season prediction, or are you saving that for the Blue Line Station? It's funny. We have a post coming out, a roundtable on Thursday morning, and my bold prediction is Heedle making the team and staying staying on the team throughout the entire season. Okay. Uh, other bold predictions, I think 
I think this year you're going to see Kreider every year I say this and there's a joke that Kreider's still a rookie because of how every year everyone's like this the year he breaks out I think this the year people are going to notice like it seems like across the league people don't realize Kreider is very very good he's fast he scores I mean last year he's scored many many goals and he's just going to keep getting more and more I think this the year where people don't look at Nash as the guy who's supposed to be the superstar on the team. Not that Nash is doing that anymore, but people look at Nash and his big contract as this should be the guy. Nash is gone next year unless he signs a one-year, couple-year deal with the team again, but contract is up. Kreider is going to be the guy where everyone's looking at, okay, this is the Rangers' top scorer. This is the guy. I don't think he's a superstar like you talk about a Patrick Kane or an Ovechkin or whoever. No way. No way, but... Kreider is going to be the Rangers' main scorer. The other thing I would say is if Elaine Vigneault keeps Kevin Hayes where he has Kevin Hayes right now, it's going to be a disaster. And I hate saying that because I think Kevin Hayes is a phenomenal hockey player. Mm. I think he's going to be a great player in this league for years to come. But with each passing day, I think it's less likely that's with the Rangers because Elaine Vigneault has the idea that he's a shutdown center and that could not be further from what he is that's i have no idea how he arrived at that conclusion but it's a mess so this, my other this is the same guy that. who's going to give mark Stahl serious minutes so him yeah. not <laughs> you not knowing how av arrives at conclusions i think is basically the overall theme of his tenure as rangers head coach yeah i'm this year they really set him up to not be able to fail but he might he might find a way <laughs> oh jeez. All right, Brandon, I want to appreciate you coming on. Do you want to plug anything before you go other than BlueLineStation.com, one of your top sources for Ranger News? Yeah, just that. Uh, check it out. Uh, I'm really happy to say we have, we're have we doing three articles a day, nearly every day. And the one thing, I think there's some backlash against volume of posting. Like people think if you're posting three articles a day, it's not quality content. Mm-hmm. But I can promise you it's quality content. Nothing gets through without it being top-notch quality. And we really are proud of what we're putting out with each passing article. So definitely check it out. Check us out on Twitter and uh, let's go Rangers. <laughs> That's more than we could say. We put up non-quality content every week. So thanks so much for coming <laughs> on, Brendan. I appreciate you and uh, we'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll be back on soon. Yeah, definitely. Have a good one, guys. All thanks right. for having me on. Later, Brendan. Bye. Hey, we actually have uh, an important writer. Sean, would you call yourself that? Sean Tierney from the Hockey Graphs and the Athletics. Sean, say hello. Hi, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, it's, it's seriously our pleasure. Greg has been doing a great job of annoying you uh, and going back and <laughs> forth with you on Twitter on Twitter to uh, kind of bring you on to talk about the optimal lines for this Ranger team in the upcoming season. Uh, Sean, I actually don't know this about you. What team do you support? Well, I try to keep that as uh, unknown as possible, mm. so I'm going to try to evade your question here if Just I can, but I, I'm a hitters. big fan of good hockey there. Oh, wow. I think, Blackhawks well, I think wow. the accurate thing is uh, Sean actually hates everybody's team. That's, okay. that's, that's what exactly it really comes it. Yep. down to. Wonderful. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Yeah, so, Sean, in the offseason, I was super intrigued by you did this project called um, Optimal Lines. And I know you and I, I think, went back and forth on the Rangers and some other guys that we like to follow went back and forth on Rangers. It was interesting for you and for everyone, I think, to see what the numbers would say each player should be lining up with offensively. And I, I was hoping you could open our eyes a little bit to that and then maybe talk about how Elaine Vigneault's line assignments that appear to be shaping up 
how they fall into um, your research this offseason? Sure. So the first thing I would say is the, the optimal lines that I sort of ran with all offseason, uh, I'm really standing on the shoulder of giants. So it's um, the, the original concept came from Dom L, one of the athletics sort of big writers. And he did something for the Leafs. Uh, he tweeted out and then wrote an, an article showing what the line should be. Uh, and when I saw that, I was really intrigued. I love the way he presented it. And so I ran through basically everybody else after that. And the research we're drawing from is uh, a hockey graphs researcher named Ryan Stimson, who I'm sure is a familiar name to some of your listeners. And so what he did in his research using passing data and shots data was figured out uh, what playing types different players are. And once you know what playing types they are, which ones generate the best goals for percentage when they're on the ice together, just the, the playing styles themselves. So using that concept, I then ran through everybody's roster and uh, I tweeted out charts showing, you know, what, uh, the lines should theoretically optimally be for every team. Um, and so the Rangers is one that when I tweeted out, I got some major backlash on, on one part of it. And there's definitely some disconnect with what we'll almost certainly see from Vigneault. Uh, maybe just to dig in just a little bit to the, the top six. Um, I had Kreider and Zvinijad together. And I think that that's something that, you know, that's not a major surprise. Nope. Uh, and then with Nash actually swinging up to the wing with those two, um, the reason that you would do that is Zabinijad is known as, or would be classified in the data as a balanced player. So can do a little bit of everything, which probably rings true to anybody who watches the Rangers regularly. Got a little bit of skill, shooter, passer, can do a bit of everything. Kreider and Nash, they rate as shooters. Again, this is probably something that, you know, makes sense with the eye test too. And it's kind of nice when the data and the eye test align. If you get two shooters and a balanced uh, player together, you get an expected goals for a percentage of about 54.7, almost 55%. That's really, really good. Um, it's sort of almost one of the best line combos that's out there. So those three together, that makes a lot of sense to, to swing them together. Hmm. The second line um, is sort of the last ray of sunshine in the lineup. Um, you have, I have anyways, theoretically, optimally, Hayes up as the second line center. Whoa. Uh, Zook would be on the wing there, and that's, you know, sort of standard positioning. Now, and this part, I mean, I'm not married to this, um, but going with the data, going with the play, playing style that's available, I had Tumple up on the left wing there. Uh, that's the part that got a lot of backlash, and, and I don't mind that because you know he's not even likely necessarily to have a regular roster spot. Not really on the team anymore. So, re- so. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so we're not going to have that happen. The reason that somebody like uh, him, he would have swung up into that spot is because he's one of the few balanced playing types that they had at the time when they were swinging uh, their lineup. The only other uh, options for balanced players that you could move up would be Miller or DeHarnay. After that, the roster, interestingly, is full of the dependent player type. These are the guys that you sort of see as uh, in-the-corner grinders, uh, the guys who throw the body around when they're out there, but not players that necessarily have shown yet that they drive the play on their own. And so whatever line you put these dependent Mm -hmm. types on, they're dragging their line combo down. Do you think part of that, obviously the player that stood out to me the most of kind of grading out how I wouldn't have expected him to was uh, Pavel Buchnevich, who I think, do you think, oh, I mean, I, I of course have some of my own personal biases when it comes to Buchnevich, but 
Do you think part of the reason why he graded out as poorly as he did is he just didn't get enough usage last year? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Buchnevich is one name that jumps off the page right away as a dependent. I don't think that that's what uh, the scouting report says, and I don't think that that's what some of the on-ice skills suggest. So um, the rationale there is usage, time on ice, how was he used, and what opportunities did he get? These playing styles can change over time, and Stimson's data, I worked with it a lot last year, and when he released an update partway through the year, there were something like 30, 40 players who shifted categories. So somebody who's a dependent today with better usage or skill development, uh, they might move up to become a balanced player, or a balance might become a shooter over time. Yeah, and so Buchnevich is a name for sure that you think, um, you know, with another season under his belt, could definitely become at least a balanced player type. Jimmy Vesey is the other one that sort of jumps off the page to me as a, a name that rated as a dependent. And you sort of expect that with another season in the NHL, maybe, you know, better fortune, skill development, you could see that he would be a likely candidate to move up into a better playing type as well. Does you, Do any of the um, advanced metrics that you've been able to break down, even the ones from the preseason, have any of them been able to give you any kind of indication as to what kind of player Philip Heedle might be for the Rangers? Or is are we kind of all just playing with hopes, dreams, and optimism right now? Yeah, I mean, as much as I hate to rain on anybody's parade, and I've been as excited to watch uh, him as anybody else, there's just no way to know until we get regular NHL lineups running and get regular uh, line combos and usage going. So, I mean, he's shown well in the preseason, but uh, the preseason is littered with names of players who look strong when they're playing against whatever competition from other teams. And when the season starts, that when you that's when you really get some data. So, as unsexy as the answer is, I'm withholding all judgment on basically all rookies until I see what they do in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, but do you think he's the next Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, I think he's probably definitely the next Wayne Gretzky, though. <laughs> I am willing to say that. <laughs> well, I'll go and clear that up. Okay, good. Uh, um, when it comes to the Optimal Line Project, um, Sean, how much – obviously, I don't think defensive pairings were as much a part of that, but how much – do certain defensive pairings playing with certain centers and wingers, how much does that play into a role into um, what you were trying to dig up? Yeah. And so the defense pairings, I dug into that a little bit, but I definitely didn't um, go after with the vigor. I, I pursued the, the forward lines. Part of that is because there's sort of a major debate in the stats world about uh, the value of handedness. And so we have, you know, there's good articles out there that suggest that playing players on the, the right hand, their right side, partnering a right and a left together, that that's the way to get the best sort of shot differential results. But there's a, another line of thought that's out there that says the, the best thing is to not get hung up on the handedness at all. Treat your defensemen with a little more flexibility. And so I was really hesitant to tweet out the pairings that I was doing because you know, you want to switch guys from side to side here or there. And, you know, for most teams, it's just not reality. They're going to run their lefties on the left and their righties on the right. And you're just not going to see some of these combos that I might have proposed. For the Rangers, um, the experiment isn't very fun anyway. Um, sadly, McDonough and Shattenkirk, they rate out as volume shooters, which is sort of the, the best of the, the group for the Rangers. Maybe no surprise there. None. 
And if you stick those two together, expected goals for percentage would be uh, almost 55%. So really good, really, really super strong uh, top pair. But then Shea, Smith, Stahl, Holden, um, sort of likely bottom four candidates, they all rated out as dependents, which is just the same sort of classification as with the forwards. That's a 46% expected goals for from all four of those players. And so, you know, there's not really any opportunity to move guys around to get any extra value out of this sort of, you know, theoretical concept. They're kind of just locked in as uh, a top six that's not super sexy, sort of expected to be below 50% goals for as a group. And so, um, you know, it's not, uh, not an exciting picture. And I think I would say it's sort of similar to the four that I think that Shea uh, and even Smith have the potential, depending on usage and how the season goes, um, to rate out as better than the dependence that they scored as with the data that we have available. But it's something I'll keep an eye on as we go this year. Is there anything you can just lie to us about and tell us Mark Stahl <laughs> might not actually be as bad as we know he's going to be? Well, you know, I read the, the quote, uh, when was it right at the beginning of camp when Vigneault was kind of playing around saying that, you know, Stahl's got to earn a spot on this team or it's not guaranteed. And if you can imagine a Rangers team without Girardi and Stahl playing regular minutes, just what a world we would be living in. But uh, I think getting rid of Girardi was the big anchor. Stahl worries me slightly less than Girardi if he sticks around. Uh, a Rangers top six without Girardi and Stahl would be uh, – a better top six, no question. Does, uh, now, <laughs> I don't want to get off the topic of the New York Rangers, but does Tampa Bay rate out very poorly because Dan Gerard is going to play top three minutes for them? <laughs> uh, just, it's unbelievable to think that. Um, I, I mean, I understand that not everybody buys into the stats wave, and that's clear enough, but it doesn't take a deep dive into any sort of stats at all to see that Girardi was on his last legs a long, long time ago. And, you know, Tampa Bay is an exciting team. They, they're probably going to bounce back this year with better health, and they're going to try to run Girardi around out there. It's just unfathomable that a team thinks that that's a wise idea. But, you know, if you're not a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, then you're sort of licking your chops at that one. It's good news for every other team. I'm kind of giggling to myself constantly. Uh, we're, <laughs> exactly. not, we're not stats guys here or, or analytics guys, really. Uh, we're kind of just bullshitters, to be honest. But appreciate We bring smart people like you on to make us look good, uh, and I appreciate that. But I've watched Dan Girardi play hockey. It's over. Like, everyone knows it's over. But yet, he's getting paid double time by us and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he bought a house in Florida. Good for him. Yeah, and I mean, uh, he's not the only guy who's stuck around on the stay-at-home defenseman qualifier for years and years past his due. So, I mean, good for Dan Girardi that he found uh, another spot to land. But that's bad news for Tampa Bay, for sure. Two checks. Is there, a, is there a special award we can give Victor Hedman for having to lug Girardi around and still being a top-flight defenseman? <laughs> He's going to have to steal that award from whoever Eric Carlson drags around this season, but the two of them will be competing for it. It's called the entire team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Eric Carlson does. He beat us single-handedly. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, he is very good. On one foot, by the way. Oh, I hate that guy, but he's so sexy. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, it's something else. Yeah. Uh, I- he, he's a marvel. That's the only word I can think about to describe Eric Carlson is he's a marvel. So pretty much what I'm getting from you, uh, Sean, is that you rate the top half of our our forwards pretty okay to above average to the second half of our forwards as, meh, it's all right. Or or is it is it worse than that? Yeah. I, I, so on a Rangers podcast, I want to sort of temper my comments. I would say for sure top six is uh, a passable, probably above average group, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom six does give me pause. Both of those lines, the way that I uh, 
tweeted them out and the way that they would play out optimally, they're looking at about 45% goals for. So that's pretty poor. That's almost as bad as it gets. Hmm. Um, and so what, what we're hoping from Vigno is, you know, if there was any glimmer of hope that he might go with wise line usage, uh, the top six, if they play a little more, and if the bottom six isn't leaned on too heavily, um, you know, maybe things turn out a little better. Or, you know, we have a couple of uh, young guys that could show some development and maybe um, maybe save that bottom six. But, you know, as it stood, at least as it stood in the summer, the bottom six would be an issue and would probably be, you know, bottom quarter of the league, uh, bottom six rated against other teams. It's so funny how we, last year we had so much forward depth and this year it just does not feel that way. Um, by the way, you're on the wrong podcast to say I, wise line choices and AV in the same line. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, Sean, the one thing I, I did want to ask is um, I, I, I'm always curious how much you utilize the eye test. Just it, there's always I mean, it's it's such a debate every now and then between just raw numbers and the eye test. But I think just about every person that followed the Ranger la- Rangers last year would say their most effective line at any time was Kreider, Zabinijad, Buchnevich. So that that was one of the more intriguing things to me where the eye test says those three playing together was electric and created more scoring opportunities than any other Ranger line combination all season. But yet the raw numbers didn't quite bear that out. And I, I know we touched on Buchnevich before, but I do wonder how much of his statistical analysis is based on the fact that there were just random games where AV was putting him on the fourth line and only giving him eight minutes a night. Yeah, and I think you you hit the nail on the head. Anybody who wants to be taken seriously as a stats person has to be able to balance that with an eye on the game as well. And uh, I love to make gifs too. And if anybody uh, you know is a follower of my account, anytime we have a game night, I'm sort of watching closely and tweeting out things that I see from any game that catch my eye. And so when you see Buchnevich and you know this is a skilled player, how did he rate as a dependent? And and why wouldn't we cast him as a first line guy again? I think you're right. You say, what's the, what's the context? What's the actual on ice um, things that were dragging him down? Usage, random fourth line uh, playing time, um, you know, just bad luck, bad results. Sometimes that can bounce back the potential for skill development going on this year. So um, as, uh, as they say on my, the tweeted out versions of these graphs, these are sort of optimal rosters in theory. And I think this season, there's going to be a moving target once we get going. And you see a young guy like Fuchnevich start to develop. Um, and it, it wouldn't be crazy to run him on the first line and, and know that his playing type is in the midst of changing as we get more and more data on him. Yeah, I think I, I've always thought, and I'm, I'm a big Fuchnevich homer. Um, I mean, obviously, again, it's a Rangers podcast. You'd be surprised how much we rail on A.V., and some people on the Rangers considering that would be. we only focus on them. I don't think he would be at all, actually. I think he, that would not be surprising whatsoever. Uh, uh, no, to me is the key, I think, for the entire season. Yeah, and I think that's – if you can do that, and if you say that maybe Vichnevich goes up to the t- – oh, Did we lose you, Sean? Oh, oh boy. Oh, I think we lost Sean. Oh, that no. was going to be the world. Oh, that was going to be the world's biggest take too on Buchnevich, and I think we're going to get deprived of it. Oh no, Sean's gone. No, he dropped. We'll call well, Sean back on. right now. We're gonna we're gonna call him back. We'll call him back right now. Oh, I, the, I don't have the number off the top of my head. No, we can't give uh, the number out on air. Uh, what is uh, it? <laughs> wow, no. Message me his number quick, Greg. 
Anyway, welcome to Bush's Breakaway Podcast. Nothing ever goes wrong. It's funny because we're really going to call Sean back to ask him, is a hot dog a sandwich? And that's it. We're seriously calling Sean back to really ask him I am messaging you right meow. Okay, good. Okay, don't want to get Sean's number out on there. You know what? That totally would have been something we've done too. Just completely accidental. Totally. Let's call him back one quick second to ask him one nonsense question. Thanks for sticking along with us somehow ryan's not editing this part out well i also i do want to hear whatever he just had to say about booch the best is if he's still up oh, if he's still just talking about booch and doesn't even know that, right. that dropped from us yeah hey guys hey sean Hi. what's up man we, you what know we're still that? we're still recording anyway you were saying about okay booch great <laughs> <laughs> okay well to finish my thought maybe i wasn't meant to make this hot take so uh, what i would say is if Butch and average if we if it's it turns out that the eye test is is right, and he's more of a balanced or some other type of playing type, and so he can hold his own on the top line. The beauty for the, the Rangers would be that then you're not trying to force Nash up into a top line role. You can drop him down. You make your top six stronger all around, and you know by extension, you're sort of improving your third line too. And I definitely would not rule that out going into the season, that it might turn out that he or maybe even Desi will turn out to be more than the dependent player that they rated as last year. Is there, I guess the final Rangers centric question we'll end with, is there any, I know we've talked a lot about Buchnevich. Is there any Ranger forward you are most intrigued to watch this year in terms of their production, how they work with others on the team, so on and so forth? Well, I think that we're going to find the story of Zibanejad is really super important for this team. Having a top-line role all to himself for the first time, that's really going to be key. And I think that the evidence, especially coming out of Ottawa, was that he was on a pretty clear trajectory up. And that trade where they brought Zibanejad in was a clear win for the Rangers. So if it looks like he turns into that really you know, true top-line center, which I think is definitely in the profile, that's going to go a long way for the Rangers. The only other name I would maybe toss in that kind of has my eye, and I, this will sound a little silly to say out loud, but uh, I'm always curious to see guys like David DeHarnay when they stick around because he's played up and down the lineup for other teams before, and I'm not convinced that he's a washed-up fourth liner yet. And so if, if it shows that he can still be a bit of a, a decent passer and playmaker in the bottom six, that really lengthen, lengthens this lineup out a little bit. And, and I do think he might still have that in him. He kind of got run out of Montreal, and Montreal has a way of chewing guys up and spitting them out. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for him anyways that you know he'll stick in this lineup and provide some center depth for a team that you know could use a guy that takes regular bottom six minutes but can maybe provide a little bit of offense here and there. And so, yeah, those would be the two guys I'd be watching this year. Well, thanks for answering all our Ranger questions. Uh, before you end up going for the second time today, uh, we do like to ask one nonsense question to our first-time guests, and hopefully you'll come back and, and grace us with your good analytics again in the future. But uh, analytically, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, that's a that's a tough, 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 tough one. I am a firm believer, and maybe I'm going to lose half my followers after this, but I'm a firm believer that a hot dog is not a sandwich. That and is it just my doesn't classify Sean Tierney, Team Ryan, 2017. Big win, <laughs> big win for the man right now. This, uh, Listen, was... Sean, I've been on quite the streak of everyone coming on and saying uh, a hot dog is a sandwich. You breaking this for me is huge right now, and I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I just, <laughs> it's my pleasure. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. One of my favorite guests this whole year. What, what we had this we had this long running I don't, I don't want to call it a shtick but we we were probably the 
president and vice president of the Adam Clendenning needs to play for the Rangers more. And uh, Clendenning was nice enough to come on the podcast this summer. And I, I got to tell you, when he told me he thought a hot dog was a sandwich, I, I, I could have died right then. I would have been happy. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we kind of semi-stalked Adam Clendenning for, for a long time, which I hope he does well in Arizona. Uh, he did not get utilized here appropriately. So, uh, And I think he'll get his chance in Arizona, too. All right, great, man. Hey, listen, seriously, hopefully you can come back on in the future. This has been awesome. I learned a lot. And uh, good luck with everything athletic and then hockey charts. Thanks for having me on today, guys, and uh, happy to come back sometime soon if you can use me. All right, that's awesome, man. Talk to you soon, man. Transition. Hey, we're back. I know that's a surprise to you. We have our final interview of the day, our interviews, double at the same time. We have resident prospect expert James Clark with us. James? Still not an expert. Hello. I'm All back right. again. Uh, uh, and a longtime guest. Uh, James comes on many times on this podcast. And we also have a uh, second time appearing on the Blue Shirts Breakaway, Drew Way. Drew, say hello. Woo! Hello, hello everyone. Thanks uh, for having me on again. That's for, you know, it's perfectly our pleasure. I guess now is probably a good time to announce um, us four have been working together rather closely over the past couple weeks. Uh, this is probably a good time to say this, right, Greg? I, th- I think it's appropriate. Okay. Um, and uh, we will be hopefully launching our website on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, which will be blueshirtsbreakaway.com. We will be doing articles. Uh, we're going to talk about some of those articles today. I will be putting out an article. It's uh, five movies I'd rather watch than Nick Stahl. Nick, uh, Nick Holden. And Nick Stahl. Mark- yeah, Nick, Nick Stahl's my favorite player. Then Nick Stahl, which is what I will be in- uh, titling the article now. Uh, and uh, – also, Drew has a wonderful uh, article on Chris Kreider that's pretty much the end-all, be-all Chris Critical article that you'll have to read. But before we start all that and get into the website later, let's start with this. Heedle, my friend James. Uh, nine games or what? Nine games, and then he'll go back. I don't, sh- think he, I, don't, I don't think he sticks for the season, but holy shit, does the kid look good. Now, like, is, is your, not to cut you off right away, but is your worst nightmare... Uh, him playing amazing for this these first nine games, and then them end up keeping him here. I mean, if he's good, he's good. Is that like? But what if he just like? There's the rookie wall's a real thing. He's just eighteen. He's yeah, gonna be Brady Shea hit the rookie wall, and in an off year, Brady Shea would have won the Calder. Like that's how good a season Brady Shea had last year as a rookie. Like you know, everybody hits the rookie wall. Austin Matthews had like a sixteen game pointless streak last year. Scored thirty goals. It happens to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or 24. Yeah, he's going to hit – whenever his rookie season is, he's going to have a point where he struggles because he has to adjust to the NHL schedule. It doesn't really matter if it happens Well, also, year or next year. And teams figure you out. Jimmy Vc was a barn burner for 12 games last year, and then everybody was like, oh, if we just take away the slot pass, Jimmy Vc's no other options. He didn't uh, show up against it, the playoffs. It didn't help Jimmy Vc either, if we're being nope, honest. Sure didn't. Well, where do you see Hedl fitting in – Actually, I mean, if he does end up staying, uh, how do you think his performance will, will play out? I have no idea. That's my, Honestly, that's my man. I, I, <laughs> I have no I, – I didn't expect him to play more than one preseason game and get sent back. I didn't expect him to look as good as he does. I didn't expect him to be so strong on the puck. I didn't expect that I want him and Pavel Buchnevich to be together forever in my heart and soul. But that's the world we live in now. That day will come, I think. Uh, oh, it's it's so great, and I kind of wish Elias Anderson could would have stayed, and then we could have had a whole line of people who don't speak English very well. True. What are your thoughts on Hedl so far? He doesn't speak English uh, very well. 
<laughs> I, I, he's looked he's looked awesome, like what James said. Uh, I'm I'm with him that I don't see this going beyond the nine game tryout. Uh, if it does, it's because he just really took the position and didn't let go. Um, but at the end of the day, if he doesn't stick, it's not the end of the world. If somehow he does stick and is on the team the entire year and stays healthy, 35-ish points, maybe 40 seems reasonable, I guess. But anyone that's – I saw someone saying that 60 points. I was like, get out of here. 40 40 points for an 18-year-old would be insane. Drew, as our our prospect guy – not Drew, James, as our prospect guy. (laughs) Well, that's it. I see you've replaced me. I'll be going now with my fat guy. (laughs) James, as the prospect guy, who are the two – uh, prospects that impressed you the most during preseason. Who were the two that disappointed you the most? Um, in the uh, non-heedle in the non-heedle category, and I guess the non-peon category because I think everyone's universal. Peon played well enough to be on this team. We've already talked to Brandon. Do they, do they have to just be prospects, or can they be anybody in preseason? Uh, I, I would I would like you to focus on the younger kids. Okay, uh, Vinny Letary looked really good, and yet much better than I thought he would. Oh, oh no, yeah, he got sent to Hartford because waiver reasons. Um, I'm still deeply in love with Ryan Graves, even though he wasn't as good as Pionk. I still love you, Ryan. Please come on the podcast. Um, what was and, your baseline and, expectation for Vinny? I'm curious as that. I thought he'd play one game, and I thought he'd be worse than Bunievas. Bunievas looked like garbage, <laughs> by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's well, pretty bad. We talked about Bunievas. It's funny you say that earlier in this podcast, where uh, a Blue Line Station, uh, Brandon Cohen, uh, said to us that he would like, like Nieves to be up in the NHL and possibly playing fourth-line winger. Your thoughts on that? Not a fan. Not a fan? No, I'd, I'd take Vinny Letary over Booney Evans. I'd take David DeHarnay over Booney Evans. I think the only person currently on the roster that I wouldn't take over him is Pumple. Well, Pumple's, sending... in, Pumple's in Hartford now, though. Oh, is he? Oh, okay, I didn't notice that. No, there's literally nobody I would take replace Booney Evans with. Uh, I would prefer everybody else. So if Booney Evans is in your bottom two, who's another prospect that you had some expectations for going into the preseason that cratered? Uh, my boy Robin Koufax, mm. uh, but that's that's kind of over now. Well, yeah, uh, we should we should mention that he's now no longer with the Rangers organization. No, they they mutually agreed to terminate their contracts, uh, which sucks because I think Robin Koufax has a lot of talent and he's got personal issues and all that. Um, I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get to see any of Sean Day at all. Yeah, yeah. they sent him down uh, to the OHL. Is that the, where he's playing now? Yeah, they did. Uh, but you know who was a real standout? Uh, Brandon Crawley. Who signed an uh, entry-level contract today, Which and he's going to be playing in Hartford. Yes, he is, and that's why they sent Sean Day back to the OHL. Because it's uh, a numbers crunch. The, not everyone can play defense in Hartford. No, and I mean, the top pair of graves Pionk is just already wrecking shop on everybody in the preseason. The first preseason game they played, all of the goals that were given up were when they weren't on the ice. So what's, what's, what's the second one? Uh, Crawley, Barrick, Lazov? Wait, what's the yeah. bet again? Uh, they oh, just have to be uh, better than they were last year. Okay. They still won't. They're still going to be trash because <laughs> they still don't have a goalie. Your track record with bets with me is not great, so I'm feeling fine. One for one is not a bad track <laughs> one record. For two, one for two. <laughs> what do you mean one for two? I'm, I'm, one, I'm one for two, but I'm money ahead because the the one I won is a lot more than the one I lost. What what, what was the third bet that I lost to you? There was no third no, bet. No, no. I'm one for two. This is the third bet. Oh, I'm, oh fuck you. You're going to lose this too. What is it, $20? <laughs> 20 bucks, yeah. I'm excited. All right, it's gonna well, be great. Well, you you, you want to you put some over-unders on uh, baseball playoffs, too? I'll take you on that shit, too. What, what we're trying to say is, we'll get to that. Uh, we're big ballers <laughs> here. Uh, and we, we throw around money because that's what Blue Shirts Breakaway does. We just rake in the money. Uh, that, honestly, that $42, like, I was more angry at that than I was when I paid my taxes because I knew Kaplan spent my money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all went to a bookie, so don't worry about it. Uh, it sure good. did. 
what so Greg asked you about the prospects. You said you wanted to mention people that were not prospects that impressed you. You want to mention those? David DeHarnay looks way better than he has any right to be. Like, he was bad in Edmonton. And he was bad in Montreal the last, like, I don't know, season and a half. But he looks surprisingly good in that fourth line role. I'm really excited to see him play with, like, Faust and Grabner. That could be a really could be a real pain in the ass to play against matchup wise if you're another team. I, I appreciate you saying he should play with Grabner because he should, but VC is going to be on that. <laughs> uh, so we traded Michael Grabner because Grabner will be on the third line. You know, yeah. mm, that's dumb. I don't like that. That's dumb. It, it is dumb, but it's also AV. Yeah, it's it's very AV. When AV AV they tried to take as many toys away from AV as possible, and yet he still finds a way. Um, AV loves that possession hole of a third line of Grabner and. Hayes together. Just well, way. that's mostly Kevin Hayes' fault. Well, is it Kevin Hayes going to be the second line center? Am I crazy? No, Heedle is right now slated to oh, man between Nash, oh, Jesus. Nash, Nash and Zuccarello, <laughs> I believe. Uh, I, I did not read that, so I'm, I'm as, a, as a host, God, I'm terrible. Hilarious Kevin Hayes to get told all summer, yeah, you're going to be the second line center. We're putting, oh, sorry, there's this really hot 18-year-old uh, Czech kid, and we're putting him on the second line. Get, get out of here. Sorry. Ugh. I mean, that, that explains why they were playing them so much, especially heavily in those last preseason games. Like, Heedle was seeing incredible amounts of ice time. With uh, really good players. Yeah, so they were forcing it on him. Huh. Uh, so you have you have DeHarnay De as the first one, and who was the second, James? Yeah, he was he was pretty good. Uh, I, I was going to say Pionk, but we've mostly covered that. I expected Andre Pavlik to be more of a garbage fire than he is, but I know I know this is not true. That's I know a- Andre Pavlik game three, I'll be like, oh, that's right. You're still statistically the worst guy to have a starting job in the last 10 years, and I hate everything you stand for. That time will come, my friend. I, that, I'm that i also on that train with oh, you. Oh, I have already looked at every other team's backup goalie like, ah, I might give a third for you <laughs> when it gets really bad in two weeks. Oh, boy. That's going to be tough. Why don't we... Uh... That's going to happen. All right, so... Better, better, hope, better hope 30... What is he, 35 this year, Hank? 36? Better hope he's good and healthy because... Is, yeah. We don't have a backup goalie. That's going to be tough. I'm team Pavlik's not that bad for the record. Yeah. See, well, you're, you're wrong. Can it's you, okay. You can be wrong about things. You, 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 are, you, you chart boys, you guys argue about everything all the time. Uh, can you tell me why you don't think he's that bad or just like a gut feeling? You know what? I mean, you have uh, – I forget his name. That's on Twitter that does kind of like the goalie hero chart stuff, and he's been trumpeting that he's not that bad for a while. And Nick Mercadante also kind of liked him. So that got me to look more into it. And uh, – in Rob Bowman's book, he's got this whole chapter on goalies and trying to take away all the outside factors to see how bad goalies really are. And in the, you know, he goes through multiple iterations, but by that last table, when he finally, you know, at least in his model, strips away all the noise and set, tries to measure okay, how good are the goalies. Pavlik was 20th in the NHL, where he started around 50th or something like that. So he really did come up a ton once you kind of stripped out the fact that Winnipeg as a team has been a garbage fire for the last five years or so. Um, he's not a starter. Like, if Hank goes down, the Rangers are screwed. But I think he's fine to play 20 games or so. Well, that's that's part of the problem is that the idea of having a starting or start backup goalie like Ranta is you don't have to play Hank into the ground. And Andre Pavlik yeah, Ronta, is, is not going to be Ronta good. for what a six round pick. Like Ronta, no, no, we got him for a guy. Uh, his name was Ryan Haggerty. He used to play at RPI, uh, who we signed as a UFA, college UFA. We uh, traded for Ronta. We yeah, gave him nothing. Point, for you him. Know, we got Ron. Yeah, exactly. At the time when we got Ronta, you know, and the other thing with uh, Pavlik too is his one of his issues is he's a very active goalie. He plays out of his. This is true a lot in, in, in Winnipeg, and that's Benoit Lair's specialty is getting people to chill out and play further in the goal. Yeah, Benoit Lair loves the shallow goaltender. 
which I, I can just picture Ben Waller anytime Hank plays the puck just screaming in the press box. Like, what have I been saying to you for the past 10 goddamn years? <laughs> that never goes well. It never plays. Uh, there's been yeah. very few times I Hank think plays him, that. Watching that Senator series between him and Anderson, like, I was like, I just want to make a prop bet anytime these idiots touch the puck because it's going to lead to a goal. It's, uh, they're both not, not the best puck handlers. Uh, I was going to ask something else, but let's move on to the Kreider article. And while I think of, uh, I think of that. So Drew, you kind of wrote for Blue Shirts Breakaway. It will be the first headline article for our website about Chris Kreider. Uh, do you want to give a quick summary of what you wrote about? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I wrote, I pretty much broke down the entire season last year for Kreider. I created this big database. Um, once me and you and I talked and decided I'd be doing some writing, I made a big database of all the stats that the Rangers, you know, compiled last year. And there's literally like 200 different data points in this thing that I made. And over and over and over again, it was coming out Kreider leading the team in all of these advanced metrics. So I decided, screw it. I'm gonna write an article about how good Kreider was last year. And it was insane how many relative categories he led the team in. And it's not just like, you know, people throw around Corsi and like, yes, Kreider was the best on the team in most of the Corsi type metrics, but he also was among the, the team leaders in, uh, in generating like high quality scoring chances in different like uh, goal differentials, stuff like that. I think in the piece, I outlined like 70 different stats or something. And he was like top three forwards on the team in over half of them. And I think he led in like 25 or something like that. Well, so you're, what you're saying is he's the best ranger right now. <laughs> uh, last last year, I would say last year he was the best ranger. You know, this year Zabanajad progresses. You know, I can see Zabanajad coming out well in a lot of these stats when you're just looking at like the permit and stripping away all the games he missed. Zabanajad was it was Zabanajad, Zuccarello, and Kreider were pretty consistently the the best players on the team in most of the ranks. Um, but like you know, you see those hero charts that everyone throws around on Twitter. Yep. Those. And I, t- I took the NHL.com's top 20 winner list, which you talked about on, I think, the last pod or two pods ago. We did, yeah. And I was comparing, Kri- and I was comparing Kreider against a lot of those guys, like Cam Atkinson, Johnny Goudreau, TJ Osi, and Phil Kessel. Kreider scores better than all of them except for Goudreau in, like, the bottom portion of that of that top 20. So I, I kind of agree that Chris Kreider is underrated and he isn't really heralded. Do you think that's because of sort of the hate he has against him in the league? Well, there's a couple of things, I think. I mean, first, you know, he does take an incredible amount of stupid penalties, and that's frustrating. And, like, one of the stats in here that I use is that GAR stat, goals above replacement. And in that, it breaks down, like, different components, like how good you are offensively, defensively. One of them is penalty differential, and he was by far the worst on the team in penalty differential. So he just – and so those penalties – and you see when – on any social media, just talking with people, people get so pissed off about the dumb penalties he takes. And I think that gets over-exaggerated. And then it's also infuriating for some people where he'll look amazing. He'll look like a world beater for a game or two, and then he'll disappear for a game or two. And I think people overreact to that. I mean, when all you're doing is watching the Rangers, you know, you only see Kreider doing this sort of vanishing act, as people call it. But really, very few stars in the NHL don't aren't streaky. I mean, prime Rick Nash on Columbus was notoriously streaky. There's like, if you consistently play the way Kreider does when he's on, you're a top five or ten player in the NHL. No one really does that. It's just the crazy thing. The crazy thing about Kreider is, I've never, in his entire tenure with the Rangers, and this included last year, I've never considered him the most important Ranger forward. I think, uh, and I, I, I think even evaluating the team this year. Um, Independent of what the stats are you expect them to put out, I truly believe Mika Zibanejad is the most important Ranger this year just because if you lose him, 
your center depth is already on thin ice, and without him, it's uh, just a tundra. Um, and then it always it always feels like the team plays differently when Zuccarello is not in the lineup. So it always has felt like Zuccarello has been more important than Kreider. But I mean, your research clearly uh, it clearly paints the picture that maybe Kreider, without him, who who are the Rangers? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Zibanejad is the most important Ranger. There's a difference between, you know, the best and most important. And that's mainly because the Rangers have trash at sea depth and they're pretty stacked on the wings, you know, relatively speaking. Hey, just because Kevin Hayes is from Boston doesn't mean he's trash. Be nice, <laughs> he's trying. He lost 30 pounds. He came uh, in. He came in the camp so we're, in such great shape. You don't understand. We're gonna be hearing this shit about Nash all season long too. He lost like twenty pounds, and I can't wait for the first NBC game when Mike Milbury is like, "Third Doc and Eddie, you know that uh, you know, Rick Nash dedicated himself, lost twenty five pounds." Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Pierre. <laughs> yeah. Pierre is a big fan of ours, as you know. He loves the Rangers <laughs> and this podcast. P- Pierre yeah, McGuire is my spirit animal. And that's uh, but not like sorry. No, I want to be Pierre uh, McGuire in 30 years. That's my that's my dream. <laughs> You'd be better at no, I, I, Greg has a point though. Like it's there's definitely a difference between most important and best. Um, and then Zuccarello, like as him as an example. I mean, in all these stats, like like I said, the top three pretty much when you're breaking it down by per minute, almost every time we're Kreider, Zuccarello, and Zabanajad. But Zuccarello does all these little things that you see on the ice that make people like him a lot more too. I mean, I mean he's a fantastic player, especially for that contract we have him on. But then he's this little like five foot eight guy going and picking fights with Charo. Who's five five foot eight is very that's been very generous. Jace, <laughs> right, James beat me to it. <laughs> Five foot eight on skates, and he's sitting there picking fights with Chara, like trying to face wash Chara on the ice. Like fans love that type of crap. Do you, do you remember when he hit Shea Weber in the playoffs? I, I was like, "You are the best. <laughs> I love you yeah, so much." Yeah, no, exactly. And, and to be fair, like Zuccarello is my favorite player. I own one Rangers jersey. It's a Zuccarello jersey. Um, but no, it's uh, Kreider. Last year, statistically speaking, at least Kreider was pretty comfortably the best forward on the Rangers last year. You you said he had a, a the highest penalty differential on the team. Do you remember who second was? Uh, Tanner Glass. <laughs> no, no. You know, it um, took a lot of dumb penalties like, last year. Brady Shea. Yeah, well, Brady Shea, Shea took a too. That's actually uh, a good pivot point too. With Shea, is you know, obviously a lot of people are really excited about Shea this year. As am I. Like the one thing I'm trying to tell people to push on the brakes a little bit was Shea was the second by far last year. When you look at like the the zone starts the only player that was more sheltered than shea was a friend of the podcast adam clendenning hmm. well only one of them is an nhl level defenseman so it's fine <laughs> shots at shots at adam who we're gonna contact to help us this week <laughs> jesus okay um but uh but yeah so it's i personally think shea will be really good but like i saw a couple people ask like uh one of the stats guys dtm about heart on twitter was doing like a, a q a and someone was like Who's better, Truba or Shea? And the guy Truba, answered, Truba, by, <laughs> Truba. Truba by far is what the guy responded with. And the kid was like, what do you mean by far? And all he did was throw up the hero chart. And then that's when I came in with, hey, listen, like when you look at deployment, like Truba has, you know, just under 50% ozone starts and is always going against the, te- the opponent's top players. Shea had, I think it was 58% ozone starts, which is really high for a defenseman. And he was typically against third and fourth liners of the opponent, like that helps your production a lot. Is anyone else a little surprised? I mean, Tony D'Angelo, he's here because of his offensive prowess. And yet I was still surprised that Brady Shea is not on a power play unit, at least to start the season. Brady Shea doesn't need to be on a power play unit, though. 
I'd rather Shea than Ryan McDonough. I, I'm always well, Ryan McDonough won't be there because you have Kevin Shattenkirk now. Mm-hmm. McDonough is still on the like, power play. There's no place for either of them anymore. And I don't and want Ryan McDonough on the power play because Ryan McDonough has had to do everything. Yeah, but AV still likes doing that two defenseman on the power play. But I'm with you. McDonough, leave him for penalty kill and five on five. Give him a break on the power I don't play. I don't hate the two defensemen on the power play thing because the only winger who's good at playing the point on the power play is Zuccarello. Everybody else is yeah. pretty trash. But I want Shattenkirk should run the first and D'Angelo should be running the second. Remember when yeah, we had Pierre in far away? Running the, the point line, as a forward? The lines the lines right now is a four forward with Shattenkirk on the first and then D'Angelo and McDonough on the second. And it, I just, I was surprised not to see Shea just because you have to buy McDonough time somewhere. He's going to be, yeah. he should be playing 20 plus minutes a night, but if you could give him time just to not be on the ice while you're on the power play, you, I, you have to do it. Hey, is Corsica back up? Uh, it is, but it's really buggy right now. The skater <sighs> stats page isn't working. The team stats page is working fine, but the skater stats isn't. I actually, I wanted to jump on and see, because uh, one of the few stats I couldn't get for this piece was uh, expected goals. The site I use, Natural Stat Trick, which is great, uh, doesn't have expected goals. And that's like... Does, does Natural Stat Trick have a uh, 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 penalty kill stats? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Well, what were you, uh, but anyway... Um, I don't even remember where the hell we were going now. That's fine. <laughs> let's you. talk about let's talk about actually a player who was kind of ignored last uh, postseason by our coach, uh, Pavel Buchnevich. He seems to be on the first power play. What do we think of him so far this year? Anyone? Can so go. far this year, Is you know, anyone? the year hasn't started. Right. I mean, in the preseason. Like, what do we expect of of Pavel Buchnevich? Are we expecting him to be some to take another step this year? Do we think his back was hurt more last year, et cetera, et cetera? I'd, I'd be very disappointed if Booch didn't take a step. He he's he's primed for a step just by getting more ice time, and it seems as though AV we're, we well it, this is awkward because we're interviewing you guys before we actually talk with Sean Tierney, but Sean Tierney is going to air before you guys people hear you guys, and I'm expecting <laughs> to boy. talk a lot about Buchnevich. Um but just just by ice time and the amount that Buchnevich will be getting and the players he will be getting it with. If he doesn't take a step forward, I, I think that's a massive disappointment. I, no, well, absolutely. James, go ahead. Uh, I think Buchnevich will – I don't think Buchnevich got the chance to hit his rookie wall last year because he didn't play enough, honestly. So I think he, he'll have a solid season, but I still think he's going to struggle. And that's fine. That's go, fine. Go to your head right now. Who are you taking, VC or Buchnevich? Buchnevich. Buchnevich is always been better than BC. Always. Okay. That's fair. And it's not, uh, I'm not just it's, saying that because I own three Buchnevich jerseys. <laughs> which I do, by the no, way. I believe you. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's Buchnevich and it's not close. Like I know people like VC and it was a big thing to get him and it was really important to get him last summer. But when you watch the two play, I mean, James, I know you look at games and you're pretty good with like the scouting elements. I mean, Buchnevich thinks the game and it's so clear when you watch him at such a higher level than VC does. Like Booch does that thing that Zuccarello does where he'll feed passes to guys where the guys weren't even expecting it could get to them, and it takes them by surprise. Booch Nevich is probably the second-best playmaker on the team behind Zuccarello. Like, his stick work is incredible. Like, you watch the one playoff game he got to play against Montreal, and so many chances were generated by Booch Nevich. Like, Booch Nevich is incredible, and Jimmy Vesey is like, you know, he's a solid player. He's like a meat and potatoes player. Like his hockey IQ is not that high. He's got a decent shot. He's a decent skater. He's fine. Buchnevich has the potential to be like a 60 point first line winger. That's all. Jimmy VC doesn't have that potential. Jimmy VC will never have that potential. 
uh, I think now would be kind of the time to talk about sort of your season predictions. So where I know James, you're about to say the Rangers miss the playoffs. Yeah, you sure do. Is that sure really, do. is that really your prediction for the year? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Because <laughs> remember, Ryan, I the, hate fun. The eternal optimist, James Clark, Drew. Uh, you, what are your predictions so far? Any bold predictions oh, you gosh, have? My people aren't allowed to be optimistic. Yeah, I know. still can't tell if he's that being serious or not. Oh, he's uh, serious. <laughs> Greg said this to me earlier. He's like, I can never tell if you're being serious or not. I believe I am serious. I think the Rangers missed the playoffs. No, I don't think they missed the playoffs. I think uh, kind of something that Ryan had asked on Discord. I I think the addition of guys, defensemen that can move the puck will do a lot for the forwards. Uh, I think I view the Rangers as a second tier kind of contender. Um, I think you're you're fooling yourselves if you think they're on the level with Pittsburgh or them to really be that top tier contender. But as things shake out now, I can see them placing third or fourth in the Metro, you get into the playoffs, it's tanked as well, you, you can make a run, but they're really still one center short, unless Heedle just really takes off with it. Or we trade for John Tavares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because oh. Twitter thinks that's going to happen, idiots. There's not a chance in hell. There's no chance? There's zero chance John Tavares is a Ranger? Zero. There's zero chance there's the New no, York There's zero chance they trade for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's no chance he trades for him. No way. That's fair. Uh, I, I think there's a chance he's a Ranger next year. Uh, if if John Tavares is a Ranger next year, all of Madison Square Garden will be in Tavares jerseys. Is that literally every single person there? Well, well, where would you put Tavares right now? This is a dumb question, so stick with me. Uh, where would you rank him like on best players in the NHL right now? I think NHL.com had him like 19th. Do you still think he's like one of the top five players in the in the league? I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, sure. 19 is fair. Okay. Yeah, I think that I think of all rankings suck in general, but that ranking actually feels pretty appropriate. All right, well, guys. Uh, hey, oh, Drew, Drew, do you have something to say? I was just going to say real quick. James is asking about like the penalty stuff. I finally got the spreadsheet open on my computer in the background here. And, is it Brady uh, Shea? Is he second? Brendan Smith was second. Oh, that makes sense. Brendan Smith's kind of a hothead. Really handsome, though. Yeah. Really handsome guy. <laughs> really I, was expecting, I was expecting Kevin Hayes to be very high on that list. I feel like every time I look up, he's in a penalty box. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you. What Kevin Hayes gets a lot of two minutes for being big penalties, which Rick Nash used to get a lot early in his career. Yeah, I mean, Hayes isn't good. He's at the bottom of the list. He's like fourth or fifth last, but not quite as bad as Kreider or Smith were. Can we talk about how hilarious it's going to be when Stephen Camper is the seventh defenseman this year? What the like? Oh, we we can, but like, why why is he on the team, James? Because they're like, oh, we don't want to lose him to waivers. I'm like, why? He's not good. I I got a hot. Well, I have a semi hot take for you, right? Oh Jesus Christ! It's it's not that hot. Here's my thing: they're going to play stall every night. There's never a scenario where they're not going to play stall every night. And if they're going to do that, I don't want Neil Pionk sitting in a, in a press box. If someone's going to have to sit in a press box. Let it be Camper. If an injury happens, then you bring up Pionk. But for right now, you know, for right now, if you just need a body in a press box, why not Camper? He's more than that's assuming Holden's that. gone, which he's not, and he won't be. I'm well, with you, Greg. If if Holden's gone, then yeah, Camper is the seventh is fine because he'll just be riding in the press box. But if Holden's still on the team and Camper is the seven D, that means D'Angelo's in the AHL. No, I think I think uh, I think there's. I hope the Rangers are shopping Nick Holden. I've been hoping the Rangers have been shopping Nick Holden literally all offseason. I think that I don't think they are. I I really don't. I really genuinely don't think they've even even mentioned it to anybody that they want to trade Nick Holden. Then this team is 100% running out with eight defensemen and both Holden and Camper are going to be sitting in the box. And if that if that's the case, then I'm even more fine with Camper 
just being on the roster because he's never going to see the ice. There's no scenario where Camper is playing over Stahl, D'Angelo, and Holden. If Camper's here, he's sitting. Like, I, I honestly, barring two injuries, I don't see a way Camper gets on the ice. And even if there are two injuries, they're going to bring up Pionk because they'll need He's him. your prototypical quad A player. But I would have yeah, rather just had Clendenning. Just saying it. Me too. Clendenning is at least offensively talented. Clendenning got money. The Rangers weren't going to pay Clendenning. That's fair. Clendenning would have made an excellent winger. Did Clendenning make the team in in Arizona? I should probably know. Yeah, I think he's third pairing. Okay, good for him. How many games do you think he makes it? 20? 60. (laughs) Until Chitron gets back. Once Chitron gets back, I think he doesn't have a spot anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. I'm saying 60 games. I, I believe in Clendenning. Yeah, Clendenning's your boy, though. Yeah, he's, he's our boy. boy. Yeah, I, I ride or die with Clendenning. That's fair. This whole podcast has done that. Um, Greg, anything else you want to ask the boys before we get out of here? No, I got nothing. All right, uh, let's talk just briefly because we're actually going to end the podcast here. Uh, usually we'd go, we'd just be, do me and Greg some nonsense, but it's been, it's been a little of, of a long one for us, so we're going to talk about what's going, to, going on this weekend. Uh, as you know, uh, at the beginning of this podcast, I had my good friend Luis on. We are doing, or I am, I guess Blue Shirts Breakaway General is doing a fundraiser for uh, for Puerto Rico and raising funds. Uh, we did record the beginning uh, before what happened on Monday everywhere around the United States, so that's also very sad. I I, I don't want that to detract from what's happening in Puerto Rico, but obviously that takes uh, that also takes a toll here, and everyone should do whatever whatever they can to help in Vegas. Also, we will be doing a twenty four hour Twitch stream, six a.m. to six a.m. Saturday, October sixth. To, to Sunday, October 7th. Uh, the last three hours I will make sure to record because they will be, I can't even imagine how bad it, I will be, of shape I will be in. I can't even speak English thinking about it right now. Uh, so we will be posting a link on our Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. Uh, and I, I guess that's really it. Any other words for that, Greg? Uh, yeah, Saturday is the 7th, so you're actually doing it the 7th to the 8th. Oh, I am doing the 7th to the 8th. I've already <laughs> fucked this up. <laughs> Uh, I was going to correct you, but I, I didn't want to take it away from Greg. because I Yeah, thank, thank you. That is, that is my thing. Yeah, no, October 7th. Um, the only other thing I will say is while we're doing this for Puerto Rico, we don't want to ignore what's going on in Vegas. My best advice to anyone out there, donate blood. Go, go donate blood because the sad thing, the saddest thing about this is you never know where it's going to happen next. So every blood bank could use more blood. Obviously, yeah. Vegas is the number one priority, but it uh, – it, it's 20 minutes out of your day to go donate some blood. You have plenty of it. it the great thing about blood is when you're a healthy human being, it regenerates in your own body. So visit the Red Cross, make a donation. They can use anything. doesn't matter what blood type you are. Um, just get out there and do it. You have, I promise you, you, if you have time to listen to this podcast, you have time to donate blood. The link, the link for the foundation and the, the donation page will be up on our Twitter and probably our website at bluestreetsbreakaway.com. It'll also be posted in the bottom of this episode uh, as soon as the link is ready. Thanks so much for guys tuning in. Even if you tune in for like three seconds, you can just sign in the chat and be like, Ryan, what the hell is wrong with you? I'll talk to you. I might have three viewers for 24 hours, but I'm doing it either oh, way. I'm going to be there the whole time making fun of your video games. I didn't even know what the hell Twitch was. Wait, until wait what game are you playing? Okay, so I have two games I'm going to be playing. Uh, we'll talk about this now. Fortnite, which is a new uh, a Battlegrounds game. Pretty much what happens is you drop on an island. Uh, it's, it's cartoony. PUBG is the big one. It's the biggest game on Steam right now. It's very dark and shallow. Uh, and uh, the, the cartoon version pretty much of that is Fortnite. It is free. I will be playing with people who want to join me. I will be inviting them to the stream. I hopefully have a green screen behind me and we'll do some fun stuff. And then also a new game called Cuphead, 
which is a uh, a, a side scroller game. Which oh, is sh- okay, okay, I got one. For every time you die in Cuphead, no. I will donate a dollar. No way, dude! I, you're gonna donate like two hundred dollars. Every time you die in Cuphead, <laughs> I will get a dollar. That is a lot, James. I would never ask you to do that, but I appreciate it. Um, I I'm gonna have my good friend Angel come over. We're gonna do the co-op at Cuphead. And we are keep a list list of how many times you die and send me the bill. uh, The death, the death count will be actually insane. Uh, So that that those are the two games we'll be playing. I'm I'm pretty sure most of the day. I might I might pivot to some Overwatch, some Hearthstone at some point, but that'll be it. Uh, Yep, I'll be playing this. I'll be playing this super fun game called Open Bar while Ryan is doing that. Yeah, I just I just feel like it's the right thing to do. Serious question. Yeah, shoot. Serious question for for old people like me that don't know what the fuck Twitch is. Yeah, you're like 27. <laughs> I know I'm 29, but no. I True, just, you're you're older. Like, all, all kidding aside, I had no idea what Twitch was until like two weeks ago. Okay, so Twitch.tv has been around for about five years right now. I think it got bought by CBS, and what happens is you go on there and you can. No, watch... I thought it was Amazon that bought it. Uh, <laughs> maybe. It doesn't matter. It, it does not matter who bought it. This is a dumb <laughs> argument to have. That's true. It's, <laughs> this is a dumb argument. It doesn't matter who bought it. Twitch.tv is a place where people go to stream playing video games. I couldn't think of a real, I didn't want a podcast for 24 hours. Cause like after the first hour, what the hell nah, would I talk about? Um, yeah. so well, Greg wouldn't show up and then you'd call me and yeah, Drew. And I called you and Drew. And then oh, be- I, I've, I've made it very clear that I've had a wedding on Saturday for about the last year. Yeah, Greg, so I, oh, the wedding is an open bar. That's a classy move. It's always an open. I don't go to weddings unless they're open bar. It's a good one. I don't even you care if I'm at the wedding. What was that, Drew? I said, what are you marrying Elfie this weekend? <laughs> We're already <laughs> married. You guys missed it. Oh, I, 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 I can't believe I forgot this. I was we were, I was about to escape this podcast without answering a question from a from a patron supporter. Uh, I sent the question to you guys earlier. Actually, I'm going to find it right now from Steve. Where is it? Steve, Steve, Steve. Okay, here it is. You wanted, yeah. Uh, the the question is for the show. Uh, Steve Steve P from Alaska uh, asks, Do you think with the addition uh, do you, do you think with the addition of these puck moving defensemen that the forwards as a whole will score more in the five on five? Maybe someone actually cracks the sixty point mark. No, and Zuccarello. That's that's my answer. Wow. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I think it makes it makes a bigger difference on the power play because of what Shattenkirk and D'Angelo both can do there. I mean, Shattenkirk literally is a top five power play quarterback the last five five plus years. I wrote a news I wrote a newsletter post on this. Go read it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I think because of what they'll bring to the power play, then someone will definitely crack sixty. And yes, Zuccarello and I would guess if Kreider can stay healthy the whole year, Kreider could too. Um, Kreider put up 53 points last year with, uh, being on the track, you know, well, not trash power play. They technically were top 10, but we all know tied for 10th with Calgary. Yeah. We all know that was inflated by a a quick run, but he missed seven games and still put up 53 points. I think with Shattenkirk bombing from the point with him in front of the net, he'll get a couple more points that way. And yeah, in five on five, they should be slightly more effective. I mean, you're going from Dan Gerard already Mark Stolpuck up the ice to Kevin Shattenkirk and Tony D'Angelo. Like, yes, it'll be more effective. Totally agree. Uh, and to answer your question, it's a place where I can stream video games. <laughs> and people can Very watch well, it. My real, my real question was, how, with Twitch, how do I donate if I don't have Twitch or anything like that? It's going to be super easy because there's going to be a link right on the Twitch page, um, right below mm-hmm. it. Uh, I believe we're setting it up tonight with our, our, our producer, Constantine. And uh, it, it'll be probably through a PayPal, to be honest. Uh, it'll, it'll all go to a certain PayPal. And then from there, I'll get a donation link on the stream. It'll pop up and be like, 
Drew Way has donated $5. And it'll have a little message like, Ryan, you suck at this game. LOL, go Puerto Rico. <laughs> um, they, thanks All for, of my messages are going to be that. Ryan, they, you suck they, at this game. They, Ryan, you suck at this game. Thanks for helping Puerto Rico, though. Really appreciate it. Valiant effort you're trying here. Uh, and then uh, and then at the end of it, I'll take the entire PayPal and I will donate to the, uh, the Hispanic Federation, which is down in Puerto Rico helping recoup everything right now. And that'll be it. I might watch just so I can see James troll you the whole time. Uh, just, just, uh, you know, I, if I get three people watching and I make, uh, I'm going to donate a hundred dollars off the bat. Um, if I get just a few, uh, just, just any money I can make for Puerto Rico and the, 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 what's going to be happening there over the next six months is getting all the power back and people dying of terrible, terrible lack of food and water. It's, uh, I, I want to do my, my best to help because the, the, you said I, you donate 300 off the bat. No, no I said one, but thanks Drew. <laughs> <laughs> you said three. My, my ratio is like Jesus. Nice. No, that raise must have been really generous. Hey, okay, you, you either have the choice of me of me paying a dollar every time you die in Cuphead, or I can immediately match your hundred dollar donation. Uh, I I think you should just immediately match the hundred dollars because the Cuphead. Okay. Because James, I'm not gonna. I I, I know we're like we we're, we're really hard workers. We're we're not millionaires. Um, <laughs> I know Boucher Break. Are you big, that bad at video games? Cuphead's not that hard. Have I, you played Mega Man? Cuphead's not. I, that I hard. have played Mega Man. Have you watched Cuphead? It's insane. It's actually nuts. Ryan um, sucks at video games. I, I, I do you not. guys could literally be speaking Spanish right now to me. Uh, All right. Puerto Rico. Oh, fine. I'll, yeah, I'll match your donation because uh, you suck at video games. I, I appreciate it. So now we're at $200 for the, for the donations. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So uh, I thank everyone in advance for, for helping, helping us out the cause. And uh, I, won't, I won't ask you to donate to our Patreon instead. So there you go. Um, <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on this week. I appreciate it. Uh, everyone else, follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirt Break. Hey, uh, let's pick some Twitters real quick. Uh, Drew. At Drew's Way. D-R-E-W-S-W-A-Y. And it adds, it's at, for James, it's at Hello James C, right? Yes, Twitter is pointless. There's no reason to follow me. I'm still surprised <laughs> you don't have more followers because uh, you do have – I don't, I don't ever tweet. And anytime I tweet, I get an argument with somebody. So I've just stopped. That's I am the opposite of Greg. Greg argues with everybody on Twitter and it's great. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this. I would rather do that. Or you just yeah, like I don't, I don't argue with everyone, but someone has to call people stupid. Like, if that's, that's stupid, fine. You can do that. I don't, I don't want to do Twitter anymore. I'm over it. Oh, we should mention um, Blue Ships Breakaway will never have Steve Zip on this podcast because uh, he blocked us. <laughs> he blocked us. So, you know, we have, like I said, we have a new website launching on Wednesday. Thanks so much for checking that out. Uh, help donate to Puerto Rico. And Steve Zip will never be on this podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Talk yeah. to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.